Here's how I'm going to intro us. We're playing basketball. We love that basketball. Who sings that? It's from uh, the movie Like Mike. Let's, keep it, let's keep it that way. <laughs> I just don't even know how to respond because like now my dreams are broken i'm never gonna feature in a movie soundtrack in my life which you can see it in your face too just like oh like what do i have to build my life off of now if i can't sports writing ironically sing pr the beginning of podcasts so anyway folks we're back we're here to talk about uh utah state women's basketball not about my failed singing aspirations um <laughs> but uh, Utah State, uh, actually, even though their record is 5-10, and 10, is definitely playing better than I can sing. And uh, they've... Aren't they like... Oh, no. Oh, I'm thinking of two years ago. They were like 6 and... Last year, they were 17. Yeah, last I was, year... I was they... thinking they were on pace to have more wins than last season, but I was <laughs> no, like, wait a minute, that's not true. They with their winning record. They actually won uh, one game in the tournament as well. Um, not the tournament. A tournament. The Mountain West (laughs) tournament. I really should have clarified that. (laughs) But um, this season, uh, they are right now in a three-game losing streak. The last win they had was against Idaho State. Um, But I I don't know. I've been to the last couple games. I know, Jason, you've been to one game this season as well. Um, And there seems to be some definite issues on the team, but some definite bright spots. So I thought we'd kind of break this up into, um, similarly like we're going to be doing with the men's team, uh, some a couple positives and a couple negatives throughout the season. So I'll start with uh, I'll start with a negative, because I'm sure you can talk on a positive. Um, one negative that's really, you know, kind of been unfortunate with the way that they've done their recruiting and kind of just the way the roster is set up is they have a lot of youth. And specifically at the point guard position, and they just have not been able to find somebody to fill that point guard position this season. Um, Faith Brantley's been one of the players that's been getting a lot of the load. She's almost averaging 30 minutes a game this season, Um, but, uh, you know, just not contributing a ton. Uh, She's not shooting. She's almost shooting 30% from three, which is not great. She's not even leading in the team in assists. Uh, and you can see that she's definitely going through those kind of uh, growing pains of being a freshman out on the court, trying to adjust to the Division One level. And so they've gone out with, you know, players like Amy Harris as well. They've given some run. Um, that hasn't quite worked out as well. So they're definitely in a spot where they're, they're rotating players and they're, they're trying to find who might be the best fit. But as of right now, um, the point guard position is kind of just a, a very sore spot for the team. Yeah, the perimeter and especially the guard rotation has been a weakness for several years. They haven't really had really good production. They've had okay production last year. Um, well, they've had Eliza West who was... Yeah, Eliza, to... that was the name I, I spaced on. Yeah. I mean, she she was at least you know prol- uh, prolific in you know, dishing out assists and stuff like that, but scoring is, that was never her forte. Yeah, and I think even with her assists, like she hadn't, she's now she she is the um, program leader in assists. And had she stayed another year, she'd probably be just the overall basketball assist champion. Right. She wasn't too off from breaking whoever has it for the men. Um, and so she did that as a junior, and then she left. Uh, she transferred to an NAIA program, right. which. It's it's almost hard enough to emphasize the fact that she was, <laughs> she is a university record holder yeah. in a primary stat, and she transferred away. That's a topic all in itself. 
So, but even then, her assists, sometimes they, I don't know, it didn't feel like she was a huge positive to the team because she couldn't score. And so she'd assist. You could see it coming from a mile away that she was going to pass the ball. Right. She never really finished off. She'd had a few really good games in terms of scoring. And when she did, those were splendid offensive games mm-hmm. for the team. And one time she had like 27 points or something like that. And so when she could score, it kind of showed the potential. But overall, the guard rotation has been very good, and it's bled into this year because they lost just about everybody in the guard rotation. Yeah. And the ones who've stayed, I mean, you look at Emmy Harris, who I thought was going to be a promising, especially as a shooter. She was a pretty good shooter last year, if I recall right. She's shooting 8% from three. You put me out in a gym, I'll at least (laughs) make 8% of threes, even from like the women's three-point line. So, and one thing to mention about that, she a lot of the opportunities she's getting last season were more spot-up looks. And I think, obviously, 8% is, you know, that that's there's no excuses for There's it. no justifiable there's drop no justifiable. from the 30s into single-digit percentage. No, and that's not <laughs> what I'm here to do. But I, I would like to make the note of, I think she has struggled more trying to, you know, create shots instead of having shots more created for her. And maybe somebody like Eliza West who was there to facilitate that last yeah. year. Not well, you had other like offensive that. weapons, like uh, Haley Bass was on the team last year, obviously, scoring just about as much as she is now, maybe slightly less, but then uh, Shannon Duffesey. Right. There was a lot of attention in the post. It was actually a post. Sneaky, sneaky good shot from the perimeter as well. Yeah, Duffesey or... Duffesey, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she was she was pretty decent. She didn't take a whole lot, but she had... I think she had one game where she went like five or six yeah. or something to that effect. Um, but another one you mentioned as far as struggle shooting maybe because of pressure is Steph Gorman. She mm-hmm. was probably one of the best shooters last year along with Harris. Gorman hasn't dropped to the single digits. She's just at 31.9%. Right. Which is not very good, um, especially since she's the most prolific. I think she has almost as many three-point attempts as the rest of the team combined. Yeah. She's got, it looks like... She's got um, 116, they have 280, so maybe not quite. But dang near close. close. But close. Almost half. (laughs) Almost half of the team's three-point attempts are coming from someone who's like their fourth best three-point shooter. And you know what it looks like every time, <laughs> I, 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 like midway through the game, you could see Steph Gorman is really, she's getting beat up like half the time. She's playing the most minutes on the team. And I think she's had just kind of a, a rough go of it in her sophomore season where, you know, maybe she had a little bit more flexibility on the court last season where she really is kind of the focal point, especially at that guard position. Right, she's the only viable guard they have and right. she gets all the attention on the perimeter. Right. Um, it's also why she plays 36 minutes a game. Right, <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, maybe to transition over to more of a positive, um, one of the guards who has been uh, pretty prolific this season, um, especially compared to previous standards, is uh, senior Lindsey Jensen-Baker, who really has – I know, I know coach, uh, uh, former coach uh, Finkbeiner mentioned in the uh, pre – whatever you would call it, the Mag- Aggie Madness uh, – scrimmage uh, that she was going to be somebody to watch out for this season and that's kind of uh, lived up to be true so far this season at least in the context of the rest of the team averaging 14.4 points a game leading the team um, she's the one that's taken the second most amount of attempts from the perimeter um, but leads the team in percentage with 36.5 percent and I mean pretty much by all accounts has exceeded expectations coming into the season yeah well she's as far as uh Expectations coming into her career, she was a prep champion in uh, girls basketball at Skyview. Her team was undefeated her yep. senior season, and uh, if I remember right, there weren't 
too many other spectacular players on that team. There might have been one or two that they were good, but she was definitely the leader of that team. Um, her college career has been dominated by troubles injuries, with yeah. injuries and all kinds of things that have held her back. I think she's lost at least a, f- a full season to injuries, and it's kind of hamstrung a couple of other seasons right. where, to where she's never really probably been able to really develop and showcase her talents. She's never been given a break like this where she has 30 minutes a game. Yeah. And she's showing that she's a viable player, like you said. Of anybody who's taken meaningful three-point attempts, she's leading the team in three-point percentage. She's second, like, you have Jocelyn Polanski shooting, like, 44%, but on, like, nine attempts. Right. And then somebody else is one for two on the team. So, yeah, she's a volume good three-point shooter at 36%, which is, and that's good. And she had a 30, oh, I was, heck, I was at the game, I should know. It was 30 or 32. 32, yeah. Um, one of the, I think, 20-some-odd 30-point games in program history. Might even be less than 20. I think it's like 17 players yeah. have gone. I wrote all the statistics like a few weeks ago. Yeah. I, it was in my head then. Um, I just remember the vague things now. But she's had several really good games. and So <laughs> she's one of the few viable players they have. Yeah. One of like three. They've got three players averaging basically at or above 30 minutes a game. And then it's like everyone else. Yeah, Faith, Faith Brantley. <laughs> Faith Brantley's at 20, and then the next close is like 20, and then you're at 16 and 13. Yeah. And they've basically got three players who are performing at a at a decent level. It's really only two. Steph's playing a lot of minutes, but is really struggling right. uh, with the pressure. So I'm going to kind of bend the rules and uh, mix a, a negative and a positive into one and say positively um, – Haley Bassett's definitely stepped up and has uh, increased her average in almost every category this season, including points. Second on the team with fourteen point three, and uh, you can you can definitely tell when she's out on the court, she's a, a go-to option for the team. I know uh, interim coach Ben Finkbeiner's talked about that in a couple post games, saying that you know when when Haley's on the court and she's feeling it, they they, they go to the go to her often. That's really their primary scoring option at this point um, in the season, but kind of coupled with the negatives is when you, when you remove Haley Bassett and Lindsey Jensen uh, Baker from the conversation, they're not getting much scoring from anywhere else. Yeah, and nothing, uh, almost nothing. Right. And they're, they're bottom of the mountain West right now, averaging 58.5 points per game. And so uh, you think that really anybody else stepping up, maybe that's a Steph Gorman, maybe that's Amy Harris finally finding some shooting form. Um, but getting a third scoring threat might be able to take this team um, I wouldn't say leaps and bounds, but it could definitely shoot them up the Mountain West standings uh, pretty significantly when you look at what kind of lack they have right now in that position. Yeah, it really should just come from Steph Gorman because you need it more on the perimeter because we you can't. It's hard to clog up with too many post scores. You can probably pull it off in college, but it's not ideal. You know, in the NBA, they're all focused on shooting three pointers or getting dunks. Uh, in college, you can get away with a bit more unorth- unorthodox or old school style, but. You have Steph Gorman on the team already, who we know can be good. Right. And so her, you know, raising that 29.4 field goal percentage that she's at right now, raising that three-point percentage, not even the three-point percentage by much, just raise it a little bit. Yeah. It's mainly that overall, which if you're shooting shooting under 40, that's a concern. Right. Like Jensen Baker's 40.5% is a mild concern for her. It's not really troublesome, but... You'd like it to be higher, but it, you know, but twenty nine percent. There's some serious red flags going, on, especially for a girl who's 
playing 35 minutes per game who clearly has coaches' trust. Yeah. So there's other reasons why she's on the court. I imagine part of it's necessity, but part of it is she's a pretty decent player. But, you know, you need to contribute on offense more, and that's the one they need to look at. Because, you know, Faith Brantley's not going to bring much. I believe no. she's she's one of their incoming freshmen, I yeah, if I remember right. She, yeah, she is. She can't is. remember which one of these are freshmen. It's like all of them are. Well, and I mean, that's something to definitely keep in mind when looking at this roster is that e- even Steph Gorman and Amy Harris are both, uh, or no, actually, Amy Harris is a junior now, I believe, but Steph Gorman is a yeah. sophomore. Um, and then, yeah, like you're saying, Faith Brantley is a, a freshman and almost the rest of their roster in the guard position are freshmen. So, Yeah, so that's, that's what we need Steph Gorman to really be leading from that guard position, along with Jensen Baker, who kind of plays more as a front court small forward if I that's what it felt like when I was watching her maybe she was technically uh, She's, she, she kind of almost plays like a slasher at sometimes. Yeah, I haven't watched enough to really nail down where each plays in their position mm. other than that Faith Brantley is the point guard and that uh, Haley Bassett's basically the center. Right well and uh, something I was going to touch on with Haley Bassett is um, she, she, she is definitely bringing some uh, some things to the table offensively, but more so defensively, it looks like. Um, she's leading the team with almost uh, two blocks a game, and I think she had five in her last in her last contest, which was a career high. And she really is the only option down low defensively to protect the rim at all, and has, has been doing a, a pretty good job of it of this point, not really having a second option behind her to kind of clean up the glass or anything like that. But um, cleaning up the glass specifically, kind of talking about rebounds, um, that is where she definitely needs to improve. She's only averaging five rebounds a game right now, and um, she talked about that a little bit post-game uh, after the, the their last their last game, um, saying that she, she definitely needs to improve in that, in that uh, regard. And the team doesn't have a ton of rebounders, and somebody like uh, Marlene Aniabusu has been doing a, a pretty decent job, but you would probably expect more from her as well, especially when you're trying to supplement those 10 rebounds a game that you had from San Andefasi a season ago. Um, yeah, just a lot of room for improvement for this team and a lot of things that they could do to get a couple more wins, but definitely need to see that improvement. Yeah, you got to see improvement. Unfortunately, this is going to be your last season from your your top two contributors are leaving. Right. They, they have to. They're not getting anything else. So, and Marlene, too. So, like, three of your top four producers are going to be gone after this season. Which So, the fact that you're getting, there's not a single person who will be on the team last year who's producing in any significant way. I mean, Steph is the closest you get, and she's being extremely inefficient. So, it is really worrying for the program. We'll see how it goes forward. Um, we'll see how Ben Feekminer taking over for this team. He was put in a rough position. He mm-hmm. had to take over for a not very well built roster. That you know, and how do you implement a system? How do you implement all your stuff with a roster you didn't build with? Right. You know, all these different things. It, it's it's an impossible task. He's basically got to turtle up and survive the season, yeah. or maybe just go down swinging whatever whatever uh, he wants to do. Uh, maybe he'll earn the job I don't know enough like when I watched them play um, the game that uh, Jensen Baker had her 32 I was impressed with the offensive system it wasn't just that uh, Jensen Baker got hot and yeah. was making all of her shots it felt like they had some there were some good sets and things they were managing so maybe if they get some good pieces they can make it work a little bit better yeah, I would agree with that. I, I I know watching the last couple games as well, you'll see that 
he he's he is doing a good job at making adjustments too when the other team's doing things right and adjusting that for his own team and running offensive sets like you're saying and uh he he does a lot of substituting and it seems like some of the substituting that he does actually pays off pretty well so I, there is a chance where he could play himself or play himself. That would be miraculous. Yeah, if he could play, play himself, himself, I mean, <laughs> he could work himself into maybe a permanent role with the team. But yeah, it really does come down to the personnel that's on the court and on the roster, um, making more of a contribution to you know getting those wins. There's only so much you can do from the coaching position, um, and I wouldn't say that's on on his shoulders solely at this point yeah and it is nice they they were able to move on from jerry you know jerry's obviously a wonderful guy there's a situation a lot like tim dury where yeah. you talk to him wonderful guy maybe just a little too old school because whenever i saw his sets and his you know it's like you'd see a play and i was like that's what you were working up to is a mid-range right a short mid-range pull-up one of the worst shots in the game sure. these baseline mid-range pull-ups from jensen baker and from shannon duffy and all these and i'm like Okay, I'm cool with that shot every now and again, but it felt yeah. like that was what the offense was built around, and that's kind of why the maybe one of the reasons why the guard situation is where it is because he's had these post players and he's been working around them for a while. Yeah, well, and he talked about that before the season is they're going to have to get a lot of their points coming from the post, and yeah, it, it really has turned out that kind of the opposite. Where if they're going to succeed, a lot of their points are going to have to come from the perimeter. Because we've only got one scoring post player because Marlene's not a scorer; she's very much in that scrappy do everything but score kind of role which right. a really nice player to have but if you have 15 of them you run into trouble one really interesting thing to look out for over the next coming games is the addition of Lizzie Williamson who's somebody who is I believe she's six foot five um, can possibly have that inside threat that they've been missing she's another one of those Aussie players coming over um, from whatever their league is uh, for the the youth leagues over in Australia, I don't know what they call those yeah. over there. I, I don't know if I actually have the name for the league or not, but um, watching some of the clips from playing in that league, she has a little bit of an in and out game, similar to actually her tape looks similar to uh, Kupa Karvowski's, um, where she's not necessarily an inside threat, not necessarily an outside threat. She's dunking everything and swatting all these shots. That might be the one thing from her take that's uh, dissimilar from his. <laughs> But, That's uh, all Kuba's tape is, though. Yeah, but there was some pull-ups, some mid-range stuff in there, some rim running, stuff like that. Um, that's kind of what at least the tape shows that you might get out of Lizzie Williamson. But nonetheless, getting somebody who's six foot five can play that post position might be able to give them a, a different option. Yeah. So, yeah, keep keep an eye out for that in the coming games. Uh, they're going to have... Maybe actually go to a game, because those are some entertaining games and nobody's ever there. Yes, uh, that would be maybe my PSA for the episode is... Go to some of these games, like like Jason's saying. There's maybe a couple hundred people in the stands every game. There's days where there's more people who are required to be at that game than voluntarily attend. And it really is. It's it's appalling because these are good games to go to, no matter the record, no matter the the players on the roster, anything you want to, any caveats you want to make. They're fun games to go to, and they got some pretty good opposition coming in over the next couple weeks. They're going to be playing Air Force on uh, Wednesday night, Boise State on the 18th, um, and then uh, Wyoming, Boise State and Wyoming, both teams who went to the uh, Mountain West Championship game last season. So some good opposition, come to a game, enjoy some Aggie basketball. Why not? Yeah. And Sometimes they they'll put together really good games. They're they're prone to put together really good games, and take some of these teams to the wire. Mm-hmm. So you never know what you're going to get. Sometimes you might get 
the five and ten teams. Sometimes you get a team that plays like they're thirty and five or something like that. I mean, even their last game against uh, UNLV, besides Rajane Wade going ridiculous, having like twenty-seven points and fifteen rebounds, I think it was. The game was pretty com- competitive, and Utah State got off to a really good start. So, yeah, you might even get a, get, get a good performance, get a win out of this one. So, yeah, that's all I say. Show up, guys. We'll be there. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, that's uh, that wraps it up for the women's portion of the podcast, and uh, we'll be back next week to talk more women's hoops. Yep. Thanks, everyone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just end it that way yeah. every time.